Hi, I'm Nicholas McGurr, author of The Afterlife and host for Stories in a Cemetery. You can find all my fiction works with themes of the afterlife on nicholasmcgurr.com. That's N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S-M-C-G-I-R-R.com. As a writer, I do research, and that research is more than likely inside a haunted location or a cemetery. Like you, I'm curious about the afterlife, and always looking for a new topic for my next book. I hope you enjoy this episode of my research as much as I did in using it for my fiction works. Let's get into today's story in the cemetery. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 21. This week we're going to be discussing White Point Gardens. But first let's thank all the listeners who went over to buy me a coffee over the past two weeks and listened to the exclusive interview with Brian McFarlane where we discussed Byron Price's The Secret. For only a buck you can drop a dollar in a coffee pot and you can listen to episode 19 and all future episodes for Byron Price's The Secret research that we're doing right here in Charleston. So we're getting pretty busy with stories in this cemetery. Uh, I've been given tours through downtown, of course, with you know it being a ghost hunting experience, and I was getting interviewed and mentioned in our local paper, the Post and Courier, for my tour. Well, with that being said, uh, let's be upfront about what this article is actually about. Right now, there's a debacle in Charleston over licensed tour guides versus unlicensed tour guides. I'll be upfront at this point, and I'm an unlicensed tour guide, folks. Uh, to give ghost hunting experiences in Charleston, I know the legends, the lore, the stories, all behind the locations of my tour, and I've studied the tour guide licensing book, um, but I use it as a reference, and I have not actually taken the test. This is a uh, story that the Post and Courier has been following over the past year, and with me being kind of a pioneer in this respect, they wanted to chat with me. So, uh, I am quoted. You can see some pictures there. And of course, I will post the link in the show notes. So, if you want to check out that article um, over the licensing debate here in Charleston and uh, actually see stories in a cemetery in action, because there are some pictures up there, I will definitely post that in the show notes. So, I wanted to say thank you to Jamie for his review of my ghost hunting tour. Jamie says, Nick was able to share many stories that most of the regular tours in Charleston don't include. We also got to use the tools of the trade, which made made it exciting for my daughter and I. Jamie, thanks so much for your review. That was a five-star review. Um, We are on several websites right now, including TripAdvisor, Expedia, Groupon. Um, I cannot remember which website this came from because all reviews so far have been five stars um i just jamie was one of my recent tours so just wanted to say thank you to jamie um as far as merch goes guys we are getting closer to making the final decisions on the merchandise with the t-shirts making sure like we are going to have enough of a variety so that way it's not just uh, one shirt to choose from so of course as we get closer i will make sure i will post the links and be shouting from the rooftops when that is available and last but not least in the housekeeping notes uh, please make sure to leave a rating on your favorite podcatcher apple podcast stitcher Castbox, and my host anchor all accept reviews and or comments so if you leave a, me a voicemail on anchor i will feature it right here at the beginning of one of my episodes during the housekeeping notes so guys i wanted to keep the housekeeping notes short as this week has been kind of a debacle uh, in itself. We actually had some 
pipes burst in one of our bedrooms and I am recording this before the maintenance team comes to come and rip apart the walls of one of the bedrooms in my house so we can uh, not have any water coming through the walls. It's kind of creepy. Today, guys, we're actually going to talk about White Point Gardens. So, and you can argue with me if it's gardens, plural, or White Point Garden. Um, every piece of research I found on a place uh, had it listed differently. And I believe Google Maps even has it as White Point Garden, singular. So, which would make more sense, but for this, we're not trying to be politically correct, because we are more focused on what's on the grounds, what's haunting it, and is there any evidence? So, first of all, what's been drawing me to this location and wanting to go back there, because I've been there several times. Of course, I went there to visit. It's beautiful and gorgeous and stunning. All the same adjectives I use of many places of Charleston, but until you're actually there, feeling the cool breeze off the water and just enjoying the, the serenity that's there, uh, you'll, you'll have to see it for yourself. It is right on the tip of downtown Charleston, uh, on the water, so again, but there's also a lot of memorials there. Um, first one I'll mention, and I'll just mention a few of these, uh, just for the sake of what's actually on the grounds. Um, the first one I'll, I'll mention is that of the USS Amberjack, um, and that pays tribute to the 374 officers, 3,131 men, aboard the 52 named submarines on the memorial from the U.S. Navy. Uh, these submarines aided the success of World War II. The next memorial um, was erected in 1954. This memorial pays tribute to those who passed away on the USS Hobson. All 176 men have a tile below the memorial with their home state. The third one that I'll mention, and of course there's many more, and when you when you visit or if you've already been there, you know I'm only mentioning a few, um, is that of William Gilmore Sims, Charleston native author known as the Antebellum South's leading man of letters, and he actually has a bust on top of the memorial. Now, I will tell you what has led me there was, obviously, I've been studying the Byron Price, The Secret for Charleston, um, over the past few months, and if you are a follower of this particular book and the research that goes on with it, you'll realize that White Point Garden is the prime location where people think that Byron has buried the secret cask. Uh, with the research that's been done for verse 6, um, it is also claimed that one of the memorials is sitting on top of where one of the casks would have been buried and therefore has been destroyed. And to me, it was almost pointless to start diving into this, especially with the cask being destroyed and I have no access to it, that I decided I was going to go with verse 5 after reading um, James Vachowski's research and how different of a path that he took. Now, I tried to match up verse 5 with things that were in White Point Garden, of course, using Google Maps and research and computer and technology and, and all of that, and nothing seemed to match up. So that's where I stay away from uh, White Point Garden when it comes to Byron Price's The Secret. So, very interesting fact right there, the fact that I'm not using White Point Garden as my um, burial site in my research. The grounds there are, again, stunning. Um, it's definitely cooler there. We were actually in another part of downtown earlier that day, and we were um, actually pretty warm. Even for January, it was pretty warm. And once we got down to the garden, we noticed how much cooler it was. And, and that's going to add to the effect of what's actually being haunted here. And 
you know, it's there's an old phone booth. The funny thing is, is I have a picture of that phone booth uh, on the, my blog uh, listed as not a spirit box because it does look like a box with just a phone inside of it. So super cool there. Again, gorgeous pictures, um, and, it, and it's a great place for photographers to go because, I mean, even with other visitors on the grounds, um, it, it's easy to get pictures, beautiful pictures, uh, without anybody in the background. And, I mean, it's you can probably even get away with um, without any vehicles in the background if you're looking just nature. So, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we will be right back. And we're back. Thanks so much, guys, for allowing me to put sponsors in the middle of the show. It definitely moves things along. So we were getting ready to talk about the actual haunting and the stories that come out of White Point Gardens. So the haunting story comes from that of Steed Bonnet and his men. Bonnet, known as the Gentleman Pirate, that was his nickname, so you can actually Google that, and you will get all of the full history there. Uh, but he was a family man and a wealthy landowner that kind of went rogue in 1717. He purchased the ship, he named it the Revenge, as most ships were named the Revenge, in that very piratey type age. Uh, he recruited anywhere from 50 to 70 men, depending on which article you read, and then he set sail. He had, you know, specific intentions. Of course, depending on which articles you read, those intentions were always varied. Um, his notion of becoming a pirate is still unknown since he left his wife and children behind to set forth a career of, of crime and piracy. Uh, some articles state that he borrowed a sum of money worth about $400,000 in today's currency, um, and he was bound to pay it back. But others say he simply just went crazy and mad and had a mental breakdown and therefore became a pirate. Now, the weird thing about Steed Bonnet was that he um, stood out among his men because he was uh, very well dressed, he, his face was shaven, um, he was a very clean pirate. So that could also have been part of the reason why he was given the name the Gentleman Pirate. But... Um, I will tell you that Bonnet did meet um, Edward Blackbeard Thatch, which or Teach, depending on which tour guide you're talking to. He he was he became friends with Blackbeard, and Blackbeard didn't really see him as you know a, a very good pirate. So they just kind of went their separate ways, and and you know they went back and forth with you know trying to steal each other's ship and and this that and, you know and the other. And you can again get all of these very great details from I believe I found it on the Smithsonian website. Uh, there's a link in the show notes and on the blog. But it is said that Bonnet and after a while went after Blackbeard, uh, but he was caught by Colonel William Rhett in Cape Fear, um, and and Rhett was set out you know, from Charleston to go find him. Uh, Bonnet's men, they forfeited themselves, and they were hung from the numerous trees that are in White Point Garden. Now, if you take a look at the pictures that I posted of White Point Garden, there are trees everywhere. So you can only imagine how many bodies were actually hung, you know, from these trees. Several days later, Judge Nicholas Trott actually condemned Bonnet to hang with them as well. And those bodies were hanging from these trees for days as kind of a warning for other pirates of what happens to pirates when you come to Charleston. After they were cut down from the trees, they were actually buried in a nearby marsh along the water. Again, you can hear this story 
on any website that even mentions pirates, Blackbeard, anything dealing with Charleston pirates, Steed Bonnet will actually come up uh, uh, just about every single time. So if you're taking a tour through downtown Charleston and you're you know on a ghost tour, you're you're gonna hear this story, and and it's a great tale. Now the haunting that comes along with this in White Point Garden, because the men were hung there, it is said that you can see their faces in the trees and hear their screams at night. So that's where my investigation comes in, where I was there in the middle of the afternoon during daylight hours. It was a cloudy day, but it was still during the daylight hours. And, and this could be where I'm, I'm wrong, that I actually have to be there at night to actually do this investigation. But my argument, even with Brian, when we're you know out looking for new locations that are allegedly haunted, is that ghosts don't care what time of day it is. Whether it's nighttime, daytime, morning, they, they don't care. Uh, it might be a seasonal thing, but usually the, day, the time of day does not have an influence on the equipment um, where it's only going to happen or have paranormal activity come through as data on my gadgets and devices only at a specific time of day, unless, of course, that's the legend. But with that being said, it's the middle of the afternoon. I have my EMF detector out, uh, my K2 uh, the digital spirit box is running, and I also have the analog spirit box running. During my hour to hour and a half walk around the garden, dead silence on all three accounts. The EMF didn't even try to give me any kind of signal. So you've seen pictures of my K2. It's on, it's on my blog. Uh, it goes from green all the way up to red with different variations of yellow, orange, and other green. There wasn't any kind of movement from the K2 EMF detector at all. I even tried uh, a less sensitive EMF detector on my phone with, as an app. Um, I'm, I've been kind of playing around with, with different EMF detectors just as an extra tool to have when I'm out with my walking groups. There was no movement whatsoever. There was no detection of EMF anywhere on the grounds. And I, I won't say that it covered all five plus acres of the ground but i will tell you that i walked a pretty good bit of it over that hour and a half of course it wasn't a sprint uh, it's not like i'm going to run around with an emf detector and wait for something to give me a signal uh, it's just a walk around and with the spirit box in in my other hand there was absolutely nothing that came through so let's talk about the app for a second. The app, normally, as you know, will give me words right in the middle of the screen with any type of detection. And, and it is meant to be a game and a hoax. As you guys know, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that it, it's not always a, a very accurate tool. I kind of have to weed through the noise to find the right words that actually match up to the location that I'm at. Not one word came through in the time frame that I was at the garden. Now, I could be sitting at home with this app running on a table in my desk, wherever, and it'll give me a word every three to five, maybe eight minutes. Just a random word. And that's kind of how the, the game works, is it's meant to, you know, for you to watch it and wait for words to come through. The funny thing about this is that nothing came through in over an hour time. So the dead silence could be exactly that or the fact that something else was influencing it to the point where nothing came through at all. 
So take that for what it's worth. The analogs, the manual spirit box, um, I had it running as well and could not make out anything through the static at all. So again, complete silence at White Point Garden. And we could put this to the point that I was there during the daytime and that I should go back at night and see what happens there to see if I actually see faces and maybe capture some pictures of these faces in the trees. But my conclusion at this point is that White Point Garden is not actually haunted, but I am a little disturbed that the fact that the the app Spirit Box did not give me anything. So it does kind of lead me to want to go back, but at this point, it's a great story. You know, again, part of the reason why you listen to this podcast is so that you can hear a ghost story. Part of the reason you, you take tours downtown on a ghost walk is so that you can hear ghost stories. But I think with the the evidence that is lacking at this point, so I haven't found any pictures that anybody was able to take of pirate faces in the trees, nor have I heard any audible pieces that had screams in them from White Point Garden. So what I'm going to need at this point is for you, if you have any evidence at White Point Garden of any of these things that show that it is haunted, I would love to see it. So make sure you get in touch with me. That's through nicholasmcgur.com. There's a Tell Me a Ghost Story tab right at the top. Shoot me an email. Let me know. Send me, send me whatever evidence you have that may have come from White Point Garden with some kind of validation. Because at this point, I'm going to have to revisit at a different time of day to see if I can actually capture anything else. It could be just a great ghost story. Kind of like how Blackbeard's treasure is buried beneath the street between the Pirate House and the Dock Street Theater. To me, it's just a legend and, and uh, a ghost story to tell. And that's kind of how I'm taking White Point Garden. So I'm not discrediting White Point Garden. I know I've said that I'm not using that location for you know my treasure hunt for Byron Price's book, The Secret. But I'm also claiming that at this point, I have no evidence to show that White Point Garden is haunted in any way. Let's really stop and think about how this story is going. And it's, it's being told through ghost tours, and it's kind of telling you a little bit about our history with one specific gentleman pirate named Steed Bonnet. You throw in Blackbeard, which is the legendary pirate, and it's, and it's a great, almost like a clickbait-type story to get you closer to Charleston's history, which is very rich. I, I wouldn't be a tour guide downtown if it wasn't very rich. But with this, I feel like it's just a story as far as the haunting goes, to tell you more about Charleston history. Guys, that's all I have for this week on White Point Garden. If you do have evidence, of course, I want to hear it. I want to see it. Uh, so make sure that you send it over my way. Just go to nicholasmcgur.com and hit the Tell Me a Ghost Story tab and give me your evidence. Give me give me something to go on here. Otherwise, I'm going to have to go back at a later date and maybe even update this podcast. Again, I've been talking about you know doing updates on anything that I find that might prove me wrong on previous episodes, and the same is going to go for this episode. So guys, in closing, just know that merch is underway for Stories in the Cemetery. So if you're looking to wear some really cool, uh, bright green Stories in the Cemetery on, on t-shirts and hats and stuff, we are looking uh, to making those final decisions in the upcoming weeks. Things have been very busy. Uh, don't forget to rate us here at Stories in the Cemetery on your favorite podcatcher. 
So that is a huge deal. That helps other people find the show. And then check out the bonus episode that we have on Byron Price's The Secret in Charleston on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Nicholas McGurr. So, of course, I'll put the, the link in the show notes for that. And, guys, that's all I have for this week. And I'll see you guys next week with another story in the cemetery. Thanks so much for listening to today's Story in a Cemetery. Be sure to check out the show notes with pictures and bonus audio sections on nicholasmcgurd.com. As you know, I'm a writer, and now you have another story that inspires me to write my fiction works. Be sure to share this episode on your social media or leave me comments on the Stories in a Cemetery Facebook page. I'll see you next time with another Story in the Cemetery.